again. Thank you, Brother Wendell. Thank you, Brother Mark, for filling in for Clay once again. We appreciate you, brother. And it's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 5 this morning. John chapter 5. We're going to get back into our study through the, the Gospel of John. And this morning, as we look at verses 24 through 30 in chapter 5, we're going to discuss the idea of coming from death into life. Coming from death into life. And you're looking at me and you're probably saying, well, Brother Jeff, it's the other way around. You go from life into death. Not so. Not in the spiritual realm. You see, you come from death and into life in the spiritual realm. So as Jesus is speaking these words, we want to hear from Him what it takes for us to come out of death and into light. What it takes to come out of the darkness and into the light. So this morning we're looking at this idea of coming from death into life. Now, as we have been a little while since we have been here in chapter 5, Chapter 5 begins with Jesus healing a man who was lame. And as he did that, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the rulers of the day, they started questioning the man. They, they, caused, they, or they, they caught him toting a, his mat, his bedroll, basically, and they accused him of working on the Sabbath. And they said, it's against the law for you to do that. And he said, but the man who told me to get up, the man who healed me, told me to take it and go home. And so he, his, his saying was, he had the authority to heal me, so he has the authority to tell me to break the Sabbath. So the religious leaders, they didn't like that. So anyway, the man found Jesus later, or Jesus found the man and told him, he says, you know, see that you don't do any more sin so that something worse won't happen to you. And then, the, the Scripture says that for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill Him because He had done these things on the Sabbath. Now, Jesus was telling them that He was the Lord of the Sabbath. He had been telling them all along that He was the Son of God, that He was the Messiah, and they wouldn't accept Him for that. So He goes on in verse 17 and says, My Father has been working up until now, and I have been working. So he is plainly telling them, and this is the reason that they persecuted him even more, he was telling them that he was the Son of God. So they sought all the more to kill him, it says in verse 18. So now, Jesus begins a discourse with them. He's talking with them about seeing the Father's work and watching the Father accomplished the things that he was doing in the world so that they would recognize who it was that was there, what he was doing, and accept the works of God into their life, and accept God into their life. Up until that time, they thought as they followed the law, if they uh, just obeyed all the commandments, that they were good. They were all right with God. It didn't matter how, how much they hated following the law. As long as they did it, they thought they were okay. But Jesus said, God looks at your heart. So God knows your intents. He knows what's going on. So as he continues this, this discourse with them, he said, the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. 
So Jesus was telling them, He tells me what to do, I do it, you need to recognize Him and His power. So as we begin in verse 24, Jesus begins talking about coming from death into life. And He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who hears my word and believes in Him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself and has given Him authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of God. <clears throat> Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus is telling them, this is how you come out of death and into life. Let's pray together, please. Our God and King, as we bow before you, we know that you have our life in your hands. You grant it. You have given it to us. And Father, we owe you everything. So Lord, as we praise you this morning, make this scripture real in our hearts and our minds. Help us to understand the truth of it and help us to walk forward into this life that you call us to, out of the darkness, into your glorious light. We love you, Father. We ask for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Excuse me. <clears throat> I hope not to have to do that again. But it sure was good. Made y'all jealous, didn't it? <clears throat> okay. All right, as we begin in verse 24, Jesus actually gives us the key to everlasting life. This is the key. And... You know, the great thing about this is it's so simple. It's, it's not complicated. It's not hard to understand. It's harder to accept than it is to understand because Jesus makes it plain. This is what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you, in other words, hey, this is the truth, pay attention to it. This is the truth, pay attention to it. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. The gospel is simple. This is the gospel. Jesus says, if you believe, if you believe the one who sent me and believe, because Jesus was saying everything that I do, he tells me to do, you believe that, everything's good. You'll be okay with it. You, you have accepted the Son of God. And the gospel is simply that. Believe on Jesus Christ, who He said He is, and what He did for you, accepting His sacrifice for you. That's the gospel. You accept Him. 
You see, you can't help yourself. You can't save yourself. As a matter of fact, you are dead spiritually. You have no existence spiritually right now. You have been born of the flesh. You have been born of, in physically, but you have not been born spiritually unless you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Unless you have believed the gospel and it has changed your heart and life. You see, Jesus says it's just that simple. Here's what it is. It says in Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 28, when Peter was preaching to the crowd there on the day of Pentecost, and they were cut to the quick, they were, they were bore down on by the Holy Spirit, and he convicted them that they were lost and that they had committed a sin against God. And they ran to Peter and says, Brother, what must we do to be saved? And he said, Repent. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And what he meant by that was believe in the works that Jesus did. Believe in the words that he preached. Believe in him as the Son of God. You repent, believe in him, and be saved. Yes, he talked about baptism, but baptism doesn't save you. No, you've got to believe. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is given to you as a down payment for everlasting life. And then you're baptized as a symbol of what has happened in your heart. But the gospel is simple. I had a gentleman one time that I was speaking to. You know, and I, and I was, after church, he would, he would stop by and he would, we would talk about it. And he says, you know, I just can't, I just can't believe that God would forgive me for all that I've done. And I said, well, I'm not asking you what you've done. But have you looked through the scriptures to see those who have done bad things and what God did with them? You see, David was a murderer. King David. Moses was a murderer. David an adulterer and a murderer. And you look down through the scriptures and all of these heroes, these giants. Did you know that Abraham told his wife to act like his sister so that he'd be safe? That's kind of cowardice if you ask me. But that was Abraham. And he messed up like that. But look, we all have sin. Every one of us. And the truth of the matter is, when we sin, it doesn't matter what sin it is, the truth of the matter is, we are a lawbreaker at that point, so we're just all in the same boat. So we all need that salvation. We all need that, that belief in Jesus Christ to forgive us of the sin that we've committed. It doesn't matter what it is. You might say, well, all I've done is, you know, I've told a few lies here and there, and I might have taken something. Those are small things. It doesn't matter. Breaking the law is breaking the law. Driving down the road right here on 583, if you go 56 miles an hour, you're breaking the law. It doesn't matter by how much. Now, they might not write you a ticket for 55, but, I mean 56, but the truth of the matter is you're a lawbreaker, Okay? Now, so it doesn't matter how small your sin might be. Because, you know, when we get into that, we start thinking, well, my sins are less than everybody else's, so I'm a better person than they are, and they're, they're worse than me. I'm a better Christian than they are. I, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and they're bad, and so I'm better than them, and we start exalting ourselves. And Jesus says, it ain't about that because you're all bad. Every one of you. We're all in the same boat. You know, it, we're so bad. I'm not going to go there. I was going to start talking. Y'all know the truth. I'm bad, you're bad, we're all bad. 
So here's the truth. We all need to be saved. We all need to come out of that badness because that badness is death. We're actually dead. And Jesus said, this is the most important thing. Believe in God. Believe that He sent me. Believe that He is paying for your sin through me. And when Jesus died on the cross, that's exactly what He did. He paid for all of your sin. All those that you have committed, are committing, and will commit. He paid for them. Now that doesn't make it okay to do it, but it is forgiven when you go to Him and ask Him to forgive you. So Jesus says the key, the key is belief, your faith. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. How do you know you have everlasting life? It's how it changes your life after you have it. You first believe in God. You believe in what God has done. You believe in the words that God has said through the Lord Jesus Christ in his word. You believe. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. That's plain. There's no way to mix that up. Jesus said he's the one and only way. So without that, there is no way. I don't care what Oprah says. I don't care what anybody, I don't care what T.D. Jake says or, or what's his name over there in Houston. You just be the best you can. No. Don't do it. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He said He is the key to everlasting life. Now look with me at verse 25 and 26. Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus repeats that phrase again, and He's saying this is important. Make sure you pay attention to it. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son to have life in Himself. You see, Jesus is talking about, at first when I was reading this, and many times I've read over this, and, and I was thinking that Jesus was talking about the resurrection of the dead in this passage of Scripture, but He's not. He's talking about those who are physically dead. I'm sorry, spiritually dead. They are physically alive, but they're spiritually dead. And he says there are those who are physically alive, but spiritually dead. They're going to hear the truth, and they're going to accept it, and they're going to have spiritual life. Listen to what he says. The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. He's calling out to the world saying live true life because right now you're dead in your sins and trespasses you go over to colossians chapter uh, 2 and it says that let me get there real quick colossians chapter 2 in verse 13 and he says and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses he's saying this is the truth you were dead but when you answered the call to life through Jesus Christ you came alive spiritually so Jesus is talking about those who are physically alive but spiritually dead and he says they're gonna hear the truth 
And the truth is going to set them free. They're going to come to life. They're going to know spiritual life. They're going to have everlasting life. For as the Father has life in Himself, so He granted the Son to have life in Himself. And He says, and I'm going to give it to whomever I want to give it to. And who does Jesus want to give it to? Everyone. He wants everyone to understand His love for them. He wants everyone to accept His love and His forgiveness. But you've got to ask for it. You've got to come to Him for it. You've got to come before the cross and say, you know, I can't pay for my sins. This is where my sins was paid. Jesus paid for them on the cross. His blood was poured out for me so that I could have everlasting life in His name. In chapter 3, verse 6, Jesus was talking about this also in John chapter 3, verse 6. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's saying the flesh is weak, the flesh is dead, the flesh has no life until the Spirit revives, until the Spirit is born within them. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then he said in verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. You must be born again. You've got to be born, first of all, physically. And we see that. We've got young'uns everywhere. Praise the Lord. And I got news this week of someone else uh, just finding out that they're expecting again. So uh, praise the Lord that our, our church body is growing. Uh, we're having babies everywhere. Physical babies. But praise the Lord. You know what? Next Sunday night, we're going to have two baptismals. Two baptisms. Spiritual babies being birthed into the spiritual kingdom. And baptism is the way to show the world that they've been born again. And that's what happens. We are born first physically, and then we must be born again spiritually. We must be born as the Spirit moves in, as we commit ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, because He is the life giver. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to get over there and read that, because I want to tell you what, that's shouting ground. First, uh, First Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 45. I think I've got that wrong. I do. Anyway. You, well, no, that's right. That's right. My eyes are clouded, apparently. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> in verse 45, it says, And so it is written, The first man became a living being. The last Adam, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, that's us. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly, who have accepted Christ. And as we have born the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. He said, we've been born of the flesh, now we need to be born of the spirit through the heavenly man. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But... Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory over death because we have moved into life when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. He is the giver of life. He brings us out of death. Even though we're physically alive, we're spiritually dead until we accept Christ. When we accept Christ, He moves us out of that death category into the life category. He brings us into life. He gives us the victory over death because of His sacrifice for our sins. He is the life giver. Now going back to John chapter 5. <clears throat> we have seen spiritual life and death. Now Jesus moves into a different category. He's talking about physical death and life. Starting in verse 27. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. See, he changes the subject there from life into judgment. Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Jesus is talking about the physical death and then eternal life. He's, he says here, there are those who are in the graves that's going to hear His voice. And that's everybody. Everybody. Everybody who has ever been buried, died. It doesn't matter where you are or what, what's going on. You're coming up. Everybody at the resurrection. And when the resurrection comes, there's going to be two categories. When you are resurrected, you are either going to move into the life category or the death category. Now, you're saying, well, I just came out of life. I came out of death. How can I move from death to life? Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, here's what the Bible teaches as I see it. All right. I'm going to say my interpretation. All right. Now, when we, the scripture says that when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. That means that the moment our eyes close in death, we either go to be with the Lord or go somewhere else. Now, depending on your salvation, depending on who you trust in, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you go to be with Him. Your body stays here. Your soul spirit goes to heaven. And you are there with Him. And then you say, well, how can I be resurrected? Well, you won't have your everlasting body when you go to be with the Lord at that time. You'll be your soul, your spirit. But when Jesus causes the resurrection to happen, your body's going to come from the, from the earth, from the ground. And my belief is, now it says that those who are buried, will, we, we who are alive and remain will, not be, uh, will be preceded by those who have passed away. So they're going to rise up first. So at that time, Jesus is going to cause you to have your everlasting body. Now, ever how that happens, I don't know. I'm not that smart. 
But he, he says it, that's the way it's described in the Scriptures. So your body will be raised up, your soul and spirit will come with Jesus, and you will get your everlasting body at that point. But the, Jesus says everybody is going to come from the grave. Everybody will be coming forth from the grave. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says that, that we all have an appointment. One of these days, if the Lord tarries, death will consume our bodies. We will not cease to exist. We will either be with the Lord Jesus at that moment, or we will go to uh, hell, Hades, Sheol, one of those places that we, you, know, you don't want to be. It's a place of torment. That's the scripture uh, Jesus was telling a story about a rich man and Lazarus, uh, that Lazarus was a beggar and he laid at the rich man's uh, gate and, and he, uh, he just begged for scraps, basically. The rich man died and Lazarus died. Lazarus opened up his eyes and he was ushered into the presence of Abraham by angels, but the rich man who didn't know the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus didn't know him because he didn't give him a name, he said this, he said, he opened his eyes up in torment. So wherever, wherever we go or wherever they go who don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be torment. Don't go there. But those who are in the grave, the scripture says, Jesus says he's going to cause them to come forth. It's going to be a resurrection of those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and those who don't. And now judgment's going to take place because that's the subject he's talking about. He's talking about judgment. Now when that time comes, the resurrection comes, there's going to be a right hand and a left hand. He says his, his sheep are going to be on his right and the goats are going to be on the left. The sheep are those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. The goats are who, those who rejected him. So the question comes, which side are you going to be on? Will you be resurrected to life or condemnation? Because Jesus says the, the, the key is this. Accept him as Lord and Savior. Accept Him as the price for your sins that He paid. Accept Him as your King. And He will pay your way into heaven. He's already done that. And all you have to do is accept it now. That's the key. You see, it's simple. It's easy to believe. Because that's what He did. Now, it may be hard to accept it. You may say, well, things just don't work that way. The guy that I spoke to years ago, he says, I can't believe it's that easy. You don't know what I've done. And I said, it doesn't matter because we've all done it. You know, I received a letter from him several years later, and he never did come out right out and say it. But what he wrote in that letter was not, he, he was saying that he now understands it. And it's my prayer that after he understood it, the Lord moved into his heart and had him to accept it. And I choose to believe that. That's what I hope. Like I said, he didn't say it in the letter, but that was where it was leading. And I, I pray that the Lord did burden his heart to the point where he did accept Christ as Lord and Savior because that's the key. That's the purpose we're here. We're not here to build up our own kingdom or gather up a bunch of stuff or have a bunch of money and do all these things. No. 
That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to glorify our Father in heaven. And if we're not doing that, then we're missing our purpose. Then we've missed the key, and the door will not be opened unto us. This morning, understand that there's going to be two resurrections, one to condemnation and one to life. And I want you to be a part of the one to life. So this morning, all the question is just simply that. Which resurrection are you going to be a part of? Are you willing to accept Christ because he's the key? He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. So if, if not, if, if you're not accepting him, then you don't have the key to life. What resurrection are you going to be a part of? Accept Jesus. Allow him to move into you as you give yourself to him. And you will experience life like you've never known. Now and eternally. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, again we bow before you asking for your strength to follow you. Thank you for making the gospel so plain, so simple. Lord, help us to to know it's true and to place our faith and trust in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, was obedient even unto death, the death of the cross, so that we could experience life everlasting. Father, have your way with us this morning. In this invitation, you cause to happen what you desire. May we be obedient and rejoicing all the way. In Jesus' name, amen.